On today's show, without Luka Doncic, the Dallas Mavericks shoot under 40% from the field against LeBron, Anthony Davis, and Russell Westbrook. And it takes an Austin Reeves three in overtime for them to lose. Insane. I hate the Lakers. I, I hate them with everything inside of me. On today's Lockdown Mavericks. I'm Luka Doncic, and this is Lockdown Mavericks. Don't believe you shouldn't be here. And welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Engstead, media member and NBA channel coordinator, manager for the Locked On Podcast Network. This episode is brought to you by Truebill. Truebill is the new app that helps you save money by helping you identify and stop paying for the subscriptions you don't want or need and can even negotiate better deals on those you want to keep. Thanks for making Locked On Mavs your first listen every single day. We are free and available on all platforms, including YouTube, where you can watch us right here. Me with a, you know, a kick in my step after being down bad from the booster over the last couple of hours here and isaac harris just absolutely distraught joining me as always my co-host writer and contributor mavs.com the down bad boy the one more thinking what you got for me isaac harris i'm pissed off man i hate i hate the lakers more than any professional sports franchise out there i just i hate everything about the lakers and lebron stuff they're just how the Lakers, Rondo. What's the stuff? What's the LeBron stuff? Really? You really want to start going? I on think LeBron I think stuff? we have enough new listeners that don't understand your thing with LeBron that I think we. It's, I just don't like all the antics. I, I'm so tired of it. I thought he broke his foot too at that one point. I mean, this dude went in, drove in, like like I started hitting record on my my highlight thing. I'm like, oh man, this is bad. I mean, dude's like grimacing and pain, holding his foot on the floor, rolling on the ground. I'm I hit record on my computer because like obviously in person. The, the play happens before the it happens on the on my computer. And I'm like watching on the computer. I'm like, what do you even do? And, and then, like, I mean, and then he just go And then he, I mean, obviously he plays just fine the rest of the game. I don't want to make this a whole LeBron pod because we could go throughout history of things that LeBron, how he carries himself. Don't put, how, we, don't put we in this. <laughs> I just, the whole, like, on, on the court stuff. The whole we. thing about LeBron, never been the biggest fan of LeBron on the court. Off the court, respect the heck out of him as a family man, businessman, all of that. But I, this game isn't about uh, even take my hatred for the Lakers aside. Take let's just take refs aside because there wasn't really like you go back to that Lakers game a few years ago and the whole Dwight Howard holding you know Seth, <laughs> you know like oh man Danny Green hitting a three. I'm like yeah. oh my gosh, like what are we doing here again? Tonight I was more frustrated because. There is no reason why Austin Reeves should be able to play in crunch time because it's a testament to this Mavericks roster that we can't play him off the floor. Like, I was so frustrated. Like, why can't we play? Why is Austin Reeves still in the game, being able to play in this game? And the fact that the Mavericks couldn't take advantage enough to get him in switches, to get him ISOed out, to get him on the block, to do this thing, to get him off the floor. That's what I just, I, I didn't understand it. And obviously the salt in the wound that he hit the, the last three of the game to win the game. But Austin Reeves shouldn't even been able to be in the game because the Mavericks and any team out there should be able to, p- to play him off the floor if they had the personnel to do that. 
And that's that's where I was really frustrated. Now, they have that player, and it's Luka Doncic, and he did not play in this game, right? He's going to be out yeah. again for the Minnesota game on Sunday, so that's something to uh, to look out for. But the Mavericks have that player. It's just the rest of the players cannot do that. And the player that should be able to do that is Chris Porzingis, right? The Mavericks should be able to get him in switches like that, and they just weren't able to execute that and weren't able to get KP in any of those switches. And even if they did, Austin Reeves is not like, – like he's not the worst defender in the world. but the, He's not great. He outplayed Tim Hardaway tonight. You can't – that just can't happen. Absolutely right. That that's correct. In that he shouldn't have been the one out there, like being being asked to. Uh, like he should have been the weak link, right? In in that group out there. Exactly. And, uh, and the but Mavericks he, just couldn't just couldn't take advantage of it. And and they had a couple times to where like even like there there was a play late in the game to where KP got the switch on. They were trying to, they just couldn't do it. And it's like right. that's when. All of these arguments that we've always talked about, about the number two, number three guy on the team, we've talked about the secondary creator guy, all of this stuff is saying that's where, and there were times they thought they had to mismatch. Tim Hardaway, I sold it out. It's like, oh, I got it. Reeves is on me, four corners it out, and he drove in and he missed, he, you know, he missed the layup on that. And that was a tough, tough shot. He got to the rim on Reeves, but it's that, that's the type of thing. Like, if you can get away with having a guy like Reeves on the floor, then there's a problem. And, you know, not only had Reeves, but then they had, you know, Westbrook and which, and there's a whole different side of this for the Lakers. Like if I'm a Lakers fan, I'm not encouraged coming out of this game. No. Um, how they deal with Westbrook in the playoffs is, Oof. I'm glad that we don't, I'm glad that I don't have to cheer the for last, the last team. couple shots of the game. The Westbrook experience is he makes that corner three with Maxi's hand in his face at the end there. And then like then like doesn't take the wide open corner three in the same spot a couple minutes later and passes it to Reeves for that game winner like what a, just like what a weird experience for Westbrook all the turnovers and everything Lakers fans in my timeline were just all done with with Westbrook at the end of this but uh, by the way we will get to the Rick Carlisle article later in the episode we'll also talk about it tomorrow so we will touch on that but today we're going to focus a lot on this Mavericks game the Mavericks lose 170 to 104 in overtime to the Lakers Lakers had. Basically, all their guys. They they, they were missing Tim, uh, Taylor Norton Tucker, Dwight Howard, and um, and a few others because of COVID. They had to stay back um, and didn't didn't travel. But they had they had their three guys. They had LeBron, Anthony Davis, and Russell Westbrook. I mean, what else do you what else do you want to say about these yeah. guys? They can't What's make any excuses about Anthony Davis has had a really weird year, and it's it's almost the same as as um, as Luca's where. There, he, his numbers are still going up there, but he's not making an impact. I was on Locked On Lakers the other day with the Kamenetsky brothers, and we talked about the parallels between these two guys, where they're putting up numbers, but you just don't feel them, right? James Worthy has this saying where, you know, guys can put up numbers, but it, but do you feel them, right? Do you feel these guys when they're out there in their play? Do they make big shots? Do they make timely shots? Do they make plays when it matters, or are they just putting up like ten points in a third quarter randomly in a run that doesn't necessarily matter because the other team's scoring on you too, right? And so Anthony Davis has just been really off this year. It's just been a, a really weird thing. He, but top he, seventy-five player. He finished the game with twenty points, twelve boards, two assists. Right, like it's still he still put up some counting stats or what Mark Jackson would call analytics. Um, but he, uh, but yeah, but yeah, he didn't make a huge impact in this game in the first quarter. I mean, he was downright awful. He had two fouls in the first quarter. He had a couple of turnovers. He had, he had two air balls in this game that were brutal. Oh, that mid-range shot though. The mid-range one was the worst. Was the worst one, but. But yeah, he did not necessarily make his big impact in the game as the Mavericks, as he should have against this Mavericks team, right? He has Dwight Powell on him. <laughs> How many times have we seen Dwight Powell just get destroyed by guys like that? And he wasn't able to take advantage. 
Moses weird Brown game for the had you know two fouls in twenty nine seconds. And, <laughs> is that a record? It's and then be a, a record. And then a, a defensive three seconds, uh, super quick. But <laughs> but no, yeah, AD was just. I mean, he yeah had two air balls. It was weird. They got him. You know, they made a point in the second half, the third quarter, to get him the ball. Um, you know, I thought some defensive stuff from the Lakers. Lakers were was so like LeBron KP. You know, that was a matchup tonight. Yeah. You know, from the opening tip, they had LeBron on KP. Um. Well, because the Lakers have stopped doing the thing where they put, you know, DeAndre Jordan out there, or even you know, as the Ooh. the token center next to Anthony Davis, they finally started Anthony Davis at the five. Dwight Howard was out in this game, but yeah, they finally yeah. started to do that, and so LeBron is their four. Chris Porzingis is their four, so that's like the matchup, which is just weird. But yeah, and you know, I I didn't think K. I mean, it's so weird because. I feel like he was so confident in the first half. I feel like he had a better first half than second half. He finished. Porzingis was. Yeah, KP. Yeah. Uh, you know, he finished with twenty three points, twelve rebounds, uh, eight of twenty three from the field, one of seven from three. Um, I, I don't know how many times we have to have the post up conversation, but LeBron guarding KP in the post is not an advantage for KP. No. It's the same and, thing as Kawhi in the playoffs. The and they went to it a couple times, like on purpose. And I was kind of confused by it. I respect the heck out of KV, KP for having that confidence in it. And he was like willing to bang with LeBron, like do his move. He had a couple spent, you know, nice moves in the post early on. Um, it just, that's just not, that's not a, a matchup that I would personally be going at is, you know, KP with LeBron on him in a post, but I, I mean, there's so many different storylines for this game, but a lot of it's just evergreen, man. Like, you got to make shots. Like, you, Oof. I don't know. I mean, this that's another broken record conversation that we can. We, I mean, I just don't know what to say too much anymore. Reggie, 0 of 4 in this game from three. Trey Burke, 0 of 5. Like, I mean, Tim, you know, <laughs> if, if seven Tim makes one more three, the Mavs win this game. He was five. He was four of eleven. If he if he goes five of eleven, the Mavs probably win this game. Like the margins of error are so slim in games like this. But a lot more to get into in this game. We'll talk about the Mavs roster construction, the Mavericks that can't hit shots, but Jalen Brunson, the one bright spot on a national stage that really stood out. We really have to get into his game and talk about why he's so valuable for the Mavericks. Talk about that coming up. But before we do, let me tell you about Prize Picks. Prize Picks is NBA daily fantasy prop game, and it's the best one on the market. They offer more NBA props than any other daily fantasy prop operator. They offer all the superstar players as well as the players on the bench recording just a couple of minutes. If you want to go to prize picks right now, go check it out. They got NFL up right now. Uh, This Thursday night game, it's, uh, it's Kansas City versus the Chargers. You got Justin Herbert and Patrick Mahomes, both of these guys, 279 and a half passing yards. Isaac, you going over under Mahomes and Herbert. 279 and a half passing yards for both these guys. For both? To each, each. So like each. I'll go under just because I think the Chiefs defense has been better lately. All right. So we're going under for Herbert. You're going over for Mahomes? Yeah. 279 and a half. All right. We're putting that down. You put down $20 on that right now. You can win $45. You put down $100. You win $225 if you pick those two guys. You can also add a whole bunch of other stuff. You can cross sports stuff with, with prize picks. So go check it out. Go to prizepicks.com or download the app and you can go and get use the promo code NBA and you can download right now. You will receive a $100 match on your deposit. So if you put in 100 bucks, they will match it 100 bucks. if you use the promo code NBA. Again, prizepicks.com. Download the app. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. 
All right, Isaac Harris, Dallas Mavericks fall to the Los Angeles Lakers in a game that Jalen Brunson calls one we gave away. Just absolutely gave away. The Mavericks could have come up with this game. Yeah. Um, yeah, there there were so many different moments in this game. Let's just let's let's walk through some of these moments in, at the end of this game because I thought that it was, uh, man, it, it was at wild. The end, and, well, well, before the end, I want to say that second quarter stretch was one of the best home stretches in the, the AAC yeah. that we've gotten this whole year. Like that, they went down ten, and I'm like, seriously, like, is this going to be a long well, night? Is they this- went down 12 with 11:20 left in the second quarter. It was it was the Lakers' largest lead. I think it was their largest lead of the game. And KP had that putback where he was just relentless and wanted to put back his own shot. Then he blocked Westbrook on the next play. Burke had the finish on on LeBron one-on-one under the basket. The one where he, one where he takes him to the post and you're like, what are you doing? Like, do not do that. And then he just scores on him. And then Maxi hit a three. It was a nine Oh run. The Lakers are forced to take a timeout. And then out of that timeout, the Mavs go on another six Oh runs. It was a 15 and Oh run total. Lakers have to take another timeout. And it was just one of those moments. You're like, okay, the Mavs are starting to build up some momentum. This offense is starting to roll. They've got some guys that can, can do some stuff. And a lot of it was out of the pick and roll. Like the Lakers pick and roll defense was just not great in this game. And their their wings and the Anthony Davis portion of it was just it was just weird and off in this game. And it has been off all season, actually, for them. Oh, well, I absolutely loved it. Uh the AAC was <laughs> a, a lot of fun. It was such a it was a weird vibe in the AAC tonight. Like I tweeted out one time, it was wild because it was wild. It was a wild atmosphere. What was the percentage but, of Lakers fans to to Mavs fans? That's a, the point I was getting to. I think this was a first for me. I think this is the most fans I've seen a, for an opposing team in the house than in the five six years. For this there. team too, this Lakers team, like that's wild. It was so it was one of the loudest I've heard an like the AAC for a way team that I've ever, ever remember. And it was wild. And that's what made it so wild because these big moments would happen. And like, especially the back and forth at the end of the game, because like, bam, a big shot would happen and the crowd would erupt, you know, for Maxi's, you know, banking in the three and then bam Westbrook and the crowd would erupt again. And, and normally <laughs> yeah. it would be like a, a gasp, but like, Oh, like when the shot, yeah. but it was just like roar, roar roar and it was like it was such a weird vibe to be in it's like you combine the you know democratic and republican national conventions into like one arena and it's just like back and forth (laughs) i think we do that it's called the united states just called living your everyday life it's called living your everyday life supreme court it's called thanksgiving (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that run w- was incredible for the Mavericks. You started to feel that. The Mavericks actually outscored the Lakers 27 to 14 in that second quarter. That was a huge, huge quarter for the Mavericks. At halftime, the Mavericks kind of they felt pretty good. They were up 28 to 10 points in the paint. Um, AD was just all over the place. He only had four points, five boards, five turnovers, three fouls, and two air balls at halftime. <laughs> just what a off game for him. Um, season. And an off season. Top 75, for him, though. For, for him as well, all time. Um, man, there, there's a couple big moments in the fourth quarter that I just want to walk through real quick. Walk us through it. KP, he had a great fourth quarter. He really did. Like all the stuff we're going to say about KP, the fourth quarter, he was good. He, and it was after somebody tweeted at me to say, Hey, go after KP, bully KP again. And so I, I tweeted something sarcastic, but KP in the fourth quarter, he hit four buckets. He had a three, he had four rebounds. He had that crazy behind the back assist that he threw to Dorian Finney Smith on that transition play. That was just insane. Like you just don't expect oh my gosh, to, what a pass. to make that play, but that was, 
an insane one to put the Mavericks up 77-73 at the beginning of the, the fourth quarter. He hit a three. The Mavs won on a 7-0 run at the beginning of the fourth quarter. KP w- was doing stuff in, in that Defended fourth Defended the paint. I thought he protected the rim all game. I thought he protected the rim all game. There's a couple game. people that reached out to me on Twitter and said, you always say the Mavericks don't have a rim protector. What about KP? He has he is rounding into that guy right now. He have, is, you, he, have you heard Anthony Edwards? Anthony he, Edwards, I'm starting to agree with him. <laughs> I'm starting, he hit 10 threes tonight, by the way. But uh Christoph Porzingis has be, is starting to become that that rim protector the Mavericks need. And he's starting to become that over the last you know couple weeks or so. He's really taken his le- taken his step from I'm I'm a not a negative on defense like he was last year to I'm a positive and to now I, you know can take it to that level that maybe he was in New York. I was dying laughing when they had him on Westbrook and he was literally just like, bro, I'm like eight feet from you. Take the shot. And he was daring him and Russ wouldn't take the shot. How many blocks are like alters and shots that he have around the rim in this game tonight, especially on. Yeah. I mean, he had two blocks tonight, but I mean, he altered a lot of shots at the rim and that, I mean, when you have a game like this against the Lakers, and I think this is collectively too, like, I mean, come on. You had three players score over 20 points, and then you have Trey Burke score 12 points, like in a non luka game against the Lakers with LeBron 18. Like, it's still a heck of a game. I know you know fans don't like the moral victory part of it, and I saw your your tweet after the game. I'm like, oh, here we go. Mavs if fans are not going to like this. If but. you don't think this is going to be a moral victory in this game, like you don't believe in them at all, and that's and that's fine. But this and, game, you're, you're without Luka. You shoot under 40% from the field, and you still almost come out with this game against LeBron Westbrook, Anthony David, like how many Hall of Famers are on the other side of, the, of that? It's insane. How many Hall of Famers does LeBron need? Come on. He has Carmelo. He <laughs> has true. Rondo. All right, we, we've gone far enough. Jalen Brunson was incredible in this game. He was the reason why they were anywhere close to winning this game. Jalen Brunson played an incredible three quarters. Yes. 11 of 18 from the field, 25 points, nine assists for Jalen Brunson. Only two turnovers. He had two threes. He was awesome and he was the one keeping him in this game in the pick and roll just doing his Jalen Brunson thing with the stutter steps with the you know the little just movements like he the way that he can change pace is and he may have learned it from Luca just watching Luca all the, all these years but he is he is up he's getting to that level where he can change pace and set set a defender off to where he gets just enough space to hit that shot off and it was uh it was awesome to watch yeah he he played i mean that he had a third quarter stretch there but you know, he played amazing. And we've, I feel like we talked at the beginning of the season, we'll talk about it now that he does seem like he can, you know, he's quicker off the dribble now. He has a little bit more moves and he's a little bit more deceptive now, you know, especially some of these big Anthony Davis and stuff. But I say the three quarters thing because he played great through three quarters. It's just they, they really needed a little bit more from him. I mean, we, we talk about the margins. So, I mean, a small margin of this, they needed more. He had two points in both the fourth quarter and overtime. Like, it, they, total, yeah, yeah, total of that. So they just they needed a little bit more of Brunson. It sucks saying that when he had you know twenty something points, but in a game without Luca, they needed that at the end. They just need a little bit more from him, and could they have gotten him some more rest somewhere? Uh, there's well, just they took him out in the fourth for like right. three or four minutes, and then they you know they went down by like four or something in that. So that's they yeah, had to that, get that him some rest. Six minutes, six six minutes left in the fourth quarter. The Mavericks are up by three points, and they take Brunson out. It's Burke, Hardaway, Dorian Finney-Smith, Maxi, and, and Porzingis, and then yeah, the Lakers go on a little run there. They lose that lead, and then the Lakers ha- end up having the lead by the time Brunson comes back in. 
And uh, and man, the late if the Lakers missed so many threes down the stretch too, it felt like oh like, that LeBron brick you could hear that from Frisco. <laughs> it's like which team which team are we watching brick all these threes right now with the Lakers and Mavs? But uh, man, the last play of the, of the fourth quarter I think is just going to haunt the Mavs for a little bit. KP with a minute left hits a pull up against Reeves. The Mavericks go up by three. Brunson tries to throw a weird like off the backboard to himself play. He really tried this like scoop shot between a couple of defenders with 20 seconds left. Then LeBron tries this real deep three just to just to tie the game at that point. KP and Maxi both are both grab for the rebound. They're, they're wrestling it away from from one another. They don't realize that it's the, it's the same team. Maxi probably should have let KP have that. I, that's what I thought too, because KP was the one like leaning backwards and, and like yeah. he would have fell down. I think if Maxi had but, but <laughs> just like got out of the it's way. So it's I know it's easy for a lot of us to blame Maxi in that situation, but I I'm not walking out of this game being like Maxi, you suck because I mean at least he was going at least going hard for that board. Well, yeah, and that's what you want from both these guys. And I thought KP yeah. tried on the on the boards a lot more in this game too. He had a couple of contested rebounds that we don't usually see from him. Yeah, but they couldn't get the rebound. Then the ball goes out to Ellington for a three. He hits the three. That's what forces overtime. And if the Mavericks had gotten that rebound, the Mavs win the game in regulation, which would have been insane. That's another what if for the Mavericks. And then overtime. I mean, you can, you can go through all of it, but. Uh, Westbrook hits a contested corner three. Maxi banks a three, and then you have the Reeves three at the end. That's how the that's how the game ended. Just insane. Yeah, I mean, you could go through. I mean, there's some defensive stuff. Even that Reeves three, like I don't know what Tim was doing. I mean, Tim I don't know why Tim was out there. Haralabob made this point on Twitter, and, it's, <laughs> and I I agreed with them that why is why so the Mavericks make a defensive substitution at the end of overtime, right? They decide to sub in. It's uh, at the end of the game. They're like, all right, we're going to take Porzingis out. Yeah. And we're going to put in Maxi and Bullock and and Dorian. And I think Brunson was still in there and Tim. And you're like, okay, well, if you're going to take KP out for defensive reasons, why wouldn't you just take Tim Hardaway out? Put it. I mean, you have at least Josh Green or Frank, Frank Nilakina or like somebody else. I mean, even put in, I don't know, like even put in Moses just to like foul somebody. I mean, some something so that he can contest instead of Tim Hardaway Jr. that just. He hurts them on defense a lot. No, well, <laughs> yes, yes, that is true. We've 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 said that a lot. All right. He also the- bailed them out of a lot of bad offensive possessions in late in this game. He hit some ridiculous three pointers. I mean, he hit four tonight. He missed seven in the game. But I mean, a couple of those like shots. He turned it on late and it kept them in the game. So I I do want to give him credit for that. But defense, oof. Yeah, I mean, he was seven of nineteen. He had twenty points himself. He had nine boards, three assists. Like he, he did. He helped the Mavericks as well. If he's a little bit more efficient, KP a little bit more efficient than the defensive stuff. It's it's the margins, right? It's the reason yeah. why the Mavericks lose games like this is because the margins. Mavericks should never have been in this game anyway without Luca. Yeah, but here they are. All right, coming up, we'll finish up about this Lakers Mavericks game, but we have to before Isaac leaves for the weekend. Rick Carlisle, the expose from ESPN comes out. Dennis Smith Jr. name dropped, Luca name dropped, whole bunch of stuff in this article. We'll break it down. We'll tell you what you need to know coming up. But before we do, let me tell you about Truebill. Isaac, have you ever subscribed to something and then a week later you just forget that you subscribe to it? Um, yeah, all the time. Truebill is the new app that helps you identify and stop paying for subscriptions you don't need, want, or simply forgot about. On average, people save up to $720 a year using Truebill. 
Companies make subscriptions hard to cancel. Isaac wants to cancel a subscription to uh, to Calm because it has, because it's endorsed by LeBron after this game. Uh, but Truebill can help you with that. They have a concierge that's there when you need them to cancel unwanted subscriptions so you don't have to. Don't fall for subscription scams ever again. Start canceling today at Truebill.com slash LockedOnNBA. Again, that's Truebill.com slash LockedOnNBA. It could save you thousands of dollars a year. Who doesn't need thousands of dollars? So Truebill.com slash LockedOnNBA. Check it out. Get rid of those subscriptions that are scamming you out of your money. All right, Isaac Harris. Uh, the Dallas Mavericks fall to the Lakers. But that wasn't even the biggest story of the of the year, I think, or well, the, of the of the day. Well, I, I want to say this one last thing. This is a non basketball thing. Can you say? It? Wait, just say about it. this game. Hey, one more thing. <laughs> Actually, two more things. Luca, please don't wear purple against the Lakers. Oh man! <laughs> people, oh, that's that had people going. People love that. Um, but and then he like took it off, but then he put it back on. Then he took it back off. I mean, it's no big deal. It's just funny, and people wanted to you know make a big deal out of it. Um, oh, besides, wait. also the people are, people are, people oh, are making a big please. deal about it. <laughs> uh, and then the guy in the fan in, in the stands had the Mavs Twitter sign. I'm like, yep, that convinced Mark right there. There and, was a guy behind the Mavs bench that had a sign <laughs> that said, Hey, Mark Cuban, Mavs fans are, or Mavs Twitter are real fans too, because he was yeah. at the game and you're like, okay. And then Mark Cuban signed the, the sign for him. That changed Mark's mind right there. So. <laughs> Something I was there. That guy told him that Moses should start. That's what he, that's what he told him. I was there a couple hours before the game. I was finished up some other work and I was just watching all the pregame stuff. And this doesn't obviously, you know, make or break someone's job, but it's a tiny little thing that's a little bit different when you have somebody like Nico. Nico comes out of the tunnel. This is before fans are even allowed in the arena. Different, you know, Lakers are down there warming up, Lakers assistant coaches, everything. Nico walks in onto the court. Every single Lakers employee, coach, players, stop shooting, go over there, dab him up. I mean, from DeAndre Jordan, Trevor Reza, assistant coaches, like walking around the scores table, dabbing him up. He sits over there on the bench, talking to players, talking to assistants. Every player that walked up was dabbing up, talking to him. That's the type of stuff when you hire somebody like Nico, that it's the relationships. It's the those bonds, those relationships that he's had. We don't know. This is year one, but it's those type of relationships that down the road that you hope that he has. All, and this, I, I love Donnie was so nice and like everything, but like in the time covering the Mavs and being around the Mavs, I've never, you know, seen player opposing teams going, you know, Donnie over there on the opposing team bench and all that stuff. And I know that doesn't make or break a GM. I'm not trying to say any of that. But the, it has to at least mean something. And it is cool seeing the GM down there and everybody loving it, everybody talking to it and all that type of stuff. So I just wanted to throw that in there of like another little thing of we talk about relationships and stuff with Nico, but I saw it a little bit in action tonight before the game. You're saying that this is an abnormal thing that usually players don't come up from the opposing team and dab up Donnie Nelson. That wasn't happening in the past. I, I, don't, I didn't notice it a lot. I mean, maybe it happens with like Palinka and, you know, they're kind of exchanging like Metaphors. You know, mana stories uh, and stuff. But anyway, we can get into this McMahon story. That was fun. Oh, man. Tim McMahon drops the story. Luca and Rick Carlisle, the dis- oh, dissolution. Dis- sorry. <laughs> the um, dissolution of their relationship. What comes next for the Dallas Mavericks? 
basically breaking down what happened between Luca, Rick Carlisle, the reason why Rick Carlisle's exit happened, and all that kind of stuff. The story starts with Dennis Smith Jr. You should go read it on ESPN, but it starts all the way back at Dennis Smith Jr. Talks about how Rick Carlisle um, treated Dennis Smith Jr., how there was, you know, Carlisle accused Smith of being jealous of Doncic, according to sources from Tim McMahon. Um, and yeah, there's, there's a lot of stuff in this article. The one that stuck out to me though, and this is something that we've kind of touched on a little bit in the past. And when Rick left hmm. the Mavericks quote from a Mavericks player from the 2018, 19 team, it wasn't really about how Rick treated Luca. Luca hated how Rick treated other people. And I felt like that was the big takeaway from, from this big article is that that was the reason why, at the end of the day, why Luca and Rick didn't get along. It wasn't even about how Rick treated Luca. It was about how what what Luca saw Rick treat how how Luca saw Rick treat other people around him, whether it was players yeah. or people in the organization or anything like that. And so, um, yeah, Jason Kidd on on the other end of this seems to tr- really trying to not be that so far for the Mavericks. Uh, say what you want about him as as a basketball coach his past, all that kind of stuff, but he is trying to be a positive. I mean, should I, <laughs> I guess I got to, I got to, this is a positive world. He's really, he's trying to, to be super positive and cordial with, with a lot of people so far. And I think that is a, a is an effort done after this experience with Rick Carlisle over the last 13 years. Uh, yeah. I mean, that story, uh, coming out, you know, it's, there's nothing groundbreaking in the story. Like a lot of people know that how Rick is, um, how he handled relationships. And I think for Luca, uh, if you're going to be around him a lot, then you're going to notice, uh, you're going to notice those tendencies pretty quick. And I, I think, you know, just seeing it written in a story is telling. I think uh, if McMahon wanted to, uh, he could put a lot more things in a st- in that story. I agree. Uh, but you know, he 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 did well, and he accomplished what you know this story was to accomplish in that. And you know, leading to the breakup, I think we all knew that that was you know where it was getting you know at least going to get to at some point. You start hearing grumblings about it, uh, you know, way before that. But um, the dentist stuff. Is you know then Dennis quote tweets it and I, I thought that was you know yep. in, in, incredible. You don't see players uh, quote tweeting stories and saying, "Hey, this story is all right." Very often, yeah, and all true. <laughs> Normally, it's the other way around. Uh, here's the thing with Rick: there's a lot of things. Rick is so brilliant, and Rick is so good at what he does. And I think this is just a life lesson in general. It doesn't matter just how good you are, or how skilled you are. It matters so much how you treat people. And you can be the best at what you do, but if you're a jerk, then it can erase so much of your skills and talents and your position and everything. And man, and I think that's a, and I mean, we've joked about on this pod, like I, before I even started freelancing for the Mavs, I wrote about Rick, you know, uh, back in maybe that, you know, what soured our relationship early on, because I tra I traced back some of his relationships back to his Pistons days, his first Pacers days and just relationships with players and stuff. And there's always been, there's been this line of these, you know, frustrating relationships that he's had, but even like the Dennis Smith jr. Situation, like he treated Dennis like a, like a jerk. Like, I mean, but was he wrong about Dennis? Like that, that's the thing. It's like Dennis has struggled in the league. Was the fit with Luca going to be rough? Yeah. Like it was going to be rough. Was, you know, kind of, 
getting out ahead of that and, you know, trading off Dennis because you want to put the ball in Lucas hands more and all that stuff. Like all of those, probably the right move, but it matters how you handle things. And like he treated Dennis bad. Like, I mean that, that you can't get away from that and pitting them against each other. And like Luca and Dennis was close and all of that. So it's not, I'm not sitting back today saying, Oh, you know what? Blame Rick for splitting up Dennis and Luca. They could have been this incredible tandem. I'm not there. I think it was still the right move to split them up, but man, he could have treated Dennis so much better. And you could replace Dennis's name with a lot more other people, not just players too, that he could have treated blank so much better. Dennis's tweet. I have it up here on YouTube. If you guys are watching, listen to this. Um, the article about my time there is spot on. And that's coming from staff members and players. Y'all don't even know the half. That's what Dennis Smith Jr. Had to say about this Tim McMahon article that he quote tweeted. And we've talked a lot about roster construction. We talked about it at the top of this show with the, you know, with this team that the Mavericks, we just saw lose to the Lakers. How much does a coach and coach's reputation have to do with free agents and getting free agents and, and guys being brought into the, the fold? Like a story like this comes out and you're like, oh, dang, well, players know this stuff and players are sharing this stuff across the league. And a guy like Jay Crowder a couple years ago has a decision between, all right, I get to play for Monty Williams, who's like known as one of the nicest guys ever and is like this up and coming with the, you know t- this talent on this team. Or I can go play for Rick Carlisle in a situation where – you hear all this stuff, and he may not want to go play for a guy like Rick Carlisle at this point in his career. And so, it, I think this affects a lot more than just oh the you know the players that the Mavericks have right now. This is an overall organizational thing, and the Mavericks are really testing this. With they went almost the complete opposite direction from Donnie and Rick to now Nico and, and Jason Kidd, and they've Mark Cuban decided to swing completely up op- in the opposite direction, and we'll see. It'll take a couple years for us to know if it'll work, right? I don't think it, I don't think after one offseason we can say, oh, well, the Nico thing didn't work. He only made one trade. Or Jason Kidd didn't bring any free agents in with you know, his player you know, empowerment or whatever. But, but, but even like Kidd right now, I mean, I haven't heard a single grumbling of any player like upset with Kidd or like all of Bullock, them. Bullock the other day, I've been saying this quote. I've been on radio and other podcasts and stuff. People asking like, what is what has Jason Kidd done? And Bullock had a quote the other day. He said, Jason Kidd is a player's coach. He he empowers his players. He instills confidence in us when talking about, you know, missing a bunch of threes. He is still instilling confidence in these players. Josh Josh Green comes in and hasn't played a lot, but he's instilled confidence in him. He comes in and has now hit three threes in a couple games, which is huge for Josh Green, right? And you start to see some of this stuff. You're like, okay, these are the positives of Jason Kidd that hopefully we're, we're seeing right now. For all the negatives we've already talked about and discussed for months, these are hopefully the, the positives swinging the whole opposite direction from Rick Carlisle. Yeah, 100%. I mean, I could, yeah, we could go, I mean, the whole rest of the evening on, on this article and just. We'll do yeah. it tomorrow. We'll, we'll talk, I'll talk more about it tomorrow uh, on the show. Isaac's going to be out, but I will we'll have you guys handled for the Friday show. We'll talk more about this article, what it means, um, and I'll have somebody on to talk about it. Who knows who it's going to be? Do. <laughs> There you go. Any other th- closing thoughts before the weekend? No, I mean, I just hate the Lakers. Um, <laughs> <laughs> there's just no other way, no other way sure. around that. Uh, Rondo just stood up the whole entire game oh, on the baseline my. because, you know what? He sucks so bad now he can't get into a game. Um, but, I, dude, from a Lakers You don't get to do the Damian Lillard wave off if you're not playing in the game. Dude. <laughs> 
there there was a moment later on in the game where LeBron like got a board or something happened and he's over there like flexing like pointing at I'm like but what what do you do I can't even see your arm because your warm up's still on because you haven't taken it off the entire time and it's just it I love seeing the Lakers fail and so I love seeing Westbrook airball the three I'm like I love that but if I was a Lakers fan I would really be worried about that roster that there's they got some weird crap there's going some, on. There's some problems, and, uh, and they know it. Laker, Lakers fans that I follow were all like, oh, they lost this game. This game is done, blah, blah, blah. And then they just... They, if they lost to a Luka-less Mavericks team, um, si- sound the uh, alarms. Yeah. Uh, I'm hosting Locked on NBA today, so you can go check that out. Listen to me and Tony East, and we would have had all kinds of Lakers or, <laughs> or down bad <laughs> content. But there you go. Guys, thanks so much for listening to Locked on Mavs. So, boom!